0: Love Talk Radio.
1: what is that time again <laughs> this is k Radio and this is Patty Holstrand and yes I know it's Thursday how did that happen I know I was just talking to someone today who I haven't seen in a long time and he knows who he is and he said yeah he blinked and it was months later and uh, it's been like over a year since I talked to this guy so, see what happens when you blank. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Looks like we've got the guys on. We're so, so excited to have this. We're going to do a tag team thing. We're going to have fun. So, let's do We're going to talk here. We're talking to Spooky Kid. Which, of course, I just love his name, so I've been like, utilizing it. Mickey Cheney Jr. Also known as Spooky Kid, got his start in the comic industry during October 2011 when Marco... Ronaldo, the pop culture paradise, found him sketching while out in Tempe one day. In the three years he's been working in comics, Mickey has worked on a number of books, including No Man's Land, the Dead Divas series, Hooded Cobra, and Dark Light. While he's been involved in multiple titles, he's best known for his portrait works. Mickey has no formal training art yet we're going to talk to him today about who he had was recently won the CGC best of the best zombie sketch and talk about how all that happened as we have uh, Michael Fett on the phone as well but first we're going to uh, we're going to talk to Mike Fett here real fast here get him on the phone Hey, Mike, how you doing?
0: Oh, how you doing uh, today, Patty?
1: I'm doing pretty good. And we got, believe it or not, we got Mickey on the other phone,
0: on the other line. Hi, Mickey.
1: That's good news. We don't have, cute in you. Hang on. Hey, Mickey.
0: Hey, how's it going? It's going good. It's Thursday. Yeah, it's really good.
1: Of course, it doesn't really matter to me, you know. But you know, other people say, "Hey, sir, the day before went Friday," and I go, "Yeah." <laughs>
0: uh-huh.
1: So that's what happens when you when you uh, when you get your own business. And you know, you say that being an artist is your own business.
2: Uh, yeah, definitely your own business. I mean, I haven't had a day off in you know, four years.
1: And you've been working like other small places in order to, you know, make ends meet.
2: Yeah, I've I've got my regular day job. It's a minimum wage, you know, part time job just to you know, make sure I've got rent to pay. Uh, you know, gotta have that oh, of that course. security.
1: Oh yeah, I know how that is.
2: Uh yeah. us creative
1: types, you know, we just we, we gotta <laughs> work. So we have to uh we have to make our living. Yeah. So, you know, you started, which is interesting, you know, here somebody saw you drawing, apparently that's what he saw.
2: Yeah, uh, I was just, I'd spend, like, just days down in Tempe because so I used to get my mother a ride to work because she didn't have a vehicle, and instead of driving back and forth from Tempe to where I was living at the time was close to Prescott. So it was actually a 200-mile roundway drive every day. So I'd just hang out in Tempe all day, and I would sit down there and just, drawing and sketching and doodling and all that. And then Marco of Pop Culture Paradise out there uh, actually started commissioning me for artwork. Uh, And then he started showing that artwork to some of the other shop owners in the area. And then before I knew it, and like literally before I even knew, I was scheduled for shows and I didn't have artwork built up for it. So I had to like just jump (laughs) headfirst into the the comic pool. Wow. Uh, That's
1: ah yeah yeah <laughs> uh you know that that's a great it's a great story
2: yeah it's it's very uh odd how I literally stumbled into the comic industry i mean I don't have a background in comics, I didn't grow up with them, so I just literally fell in face first and I had no knowledge of anything <laughs> well, you definitely have a
1: natural gift that's for sure well, thank you. And how long have you been working in the in this industry right now? Three
2: years? Uh, in October, it'll be three years, yeah. Wow.
1: And, uh, before
2: I started about. doing comics. Oh, go ahead.
1: Go, no, go, no, I want to hear this.
2: Before you started oh, doing uh, comics? Buf- <laughs> uh, yeah, buf- before I started actually drawing comics, I was actually already a working artist. Um, I used to work in the automotive design industry, Um I do conceptual artwork for hot rod builders and stuff like that. Uh, and then yeah. in, I think it was August of 2009 or 2010, I forget. Now it's been a while. Uh, I was actually featured in and Magazine for my artwork. Um, and then that fell through with the economy, so then I ended up in comic books.
1: <laughs> wow. And, and that is, again uh, again a a great story in being able to uh you know find your way in life uh, you know, she has see what happens <laughs> You never know people, you know you again you know yep. you uh, stumble right into your whatever you're going to do in your life which is which is great because that's uh you're following your passion.
2: Yeah, I love drawing. I, I, I honestly could not stop. I've tried in the past, just because it took up so much time and too much money, and I wasn't able to stop for long.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now I know that you're working with uh, a great group of guys now.
2: Yeah, Ross, Eric, Kippen, Reuben, Roses. Uh, we we're actually all part of a local comic producing company. uh self Published uh, Spiralink Comics. Um, been doing that now for about a year.
1: Yes, I I, I have talked to Rob recently, and uh, hey guys, I'm sure they're listening to you. They support it. You guys support each other, and that's, and, and you know that's that's an awesome thing. Yeah, having friends. The guys got you know uh, like-minded support. You know. That's, that's great. Yeah. So I'm going to go back and say, look, okay, everybody, you know, we don't have to talk to ourselves here. You can actually call in, and I know you're there because I can see you. Uh, the guest call-in number is the same number that everyone uses, 714-242-5145. That never changes. That's my number as long as I continue on the air, blog talk. 714-242-5145. Also for those people who are, you know, really shy, I know a lot of you are. It's like, Oh my gosh, I don't want to actually talk on the radio Uh, that's okay because that's what the chat below the information about the show is. You can pop your, your question or your comment, just you know, hey, if you wanna just support Mickey just just see you a know, jot it down there and I'll I'll share it. And that's how this works. Now Mike, you said something about this is your first piece that you commissioned with him, or is this not?
0: Uh, this particular piece uh, that I commissioned with him was the uh, uh, first piece I commissioned off him. It was actually kind of uh, kind of a pure accident of it happening. But uh, what happens was uh, Marco at uh, Pop Culture Paradise uh, was throwing uh, a some kind of uh, Cherry for uh against Bullies thing i can't remember exactly what it was last October, and I saw his uh his uh, teammates uh, Rob fix' uh pencil works and that and I go and I was just thinking to myself, man, this would be a cool guy to get down to our uh well what we read uh, the fiftieth anniversary Doctor Who thing we were doing that mm-hmm. and Rob gave me his email contact and for uh Comics, and I emailed in and they said Rob would be a little too busy that day. So they sent down Mickey. Well, I looked at over Mickey's work over there and it just kind of stuck in my mind and I was kind of thinking what I like to do is I like to commission local artists for, to pick up stuff at prevention and submit stuff to CGC like in this case. So I was looking through stuff and looking through things and one of the things that came to my mind was I really like Eddie from Iron Maiden. And just kind of looking through artists, and then all it took was Vicky had a photo up on his uh, Facebook page with an Iron Maiden shirt, and they go, "That's the guy for it."
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember that day, and I remember you were saying that you know how impressed you were at his work.
0: Well, he's one of these guys where you look at the pencils. You look at the pencils on there, high detailed pencils on there. Uh, it, it's quite amazing. He can capture images that look just like the real life actors. You can't tell, you know, you can't tell the difference. I mean, it's fantastic. You know, it's fantastic. He's one of the he's one of the best local artists in town that we have as far as as her as, as pen- pencils go. Uh, I've seen some of his inks too, and they're they're top of the line too. I'm, so it's you know he's got a lot of good stuff out
1: there. That is that is good news. And how did it come about that you wanted to do with this specific piece?
0: Oh, hold on here one one second here.
1: <laughs> Just to let everybody know, uh, we were we were talking about the piece that
0: Sorry, the had... dog was the dog was trying to talk to me.
1: Sit <laughs> down, dog. Um,
0: but I was this one specific piece. It was just like I said. I commission a lot of local artists for stuff around here. Uh, I've commissioned uh, Shelby Robertson, uh, Jolene Hauser, uh, Jeff Pina, uh, uh April uh, April Raina. You know, and the list. You know, the list can go. The list can go on with. It just all depends on what style I'm looking for for that mm-hmm. particular for that particular piece. You know, certain styles work. Certain styles will work well for different pieces. This particular well it came. This particular one, I was just looking for for local artists. I was thinking of commissioning uh, Rob Hicks for a Daredevil there and. Uh, I was looking at the other stuff, and I remember Mickey. And I just saw the Iron Maiden shirt Mickey had on. I go, "That's it, right there." Take it to my favorite, my favorite Iron Maiden cover uh, from uh, Derek Riggs, uh, somewhere in time, and mentioned it to Mickey, and Mickey was in love with it too. So it just seemed to, you know, really work. You, now you, know,
1: you didn't. Give, you, so you didn't specifically ask him for a zombie sketch. That's a funny thing.
0: Well, actually, actually, Ed, Ed we call him Ed, Ed, you know, we call him Ed's head, Eddie, or we or Eddie. He's actually described as a zombie-like character by uh, Steve Steve Harris, the uh, founder of the band and creator of creator of them. So, we had no intentions of actually entering this into the. <laughs> CGC contest. It's just when it came back, I was so blown away by it. It was, you know, hats off to the original artist who did that work. It's the most complicated piece you'll ever see. Derek Riggs and he, from, and he already said in interviews he would never do it again. Yeah. But, and Mickey was able to take that to that same level of, not the whole cover, but the cover that meant the most part to me, and that was a very complicated piece.
1: So, Mickey, yeah. what did you think when he asked you for the specific thing?
2: Uh, I was scared he was actually going to ask for the entire piece on a sketch cover.
0: Because,
2: <laughs> uh, I mean, that, that original cover is just massive. I mean, the, I mean, he literally makes, like, an entire city on there, so I was kind of scared, like, when he said that he wanted that, I thought he wanted the entire cover. Uh, but then when he you know, when he was talking to me about it during the initial consultation on the commission, like, he kind of hinted towards, like, how important just Eddie himself was on that cover. So I was able to uh, relieve myself of the pressure of trying to recreate the entire cover on a sketch comic cover and uh, just kind of narrow in and focus on knocking Eddie out as best I could.
1: No, that is that is a great story. How you know this all came to be? Now, Mike, uh, what uh, made yeah. you what made you want to put it in for an award? Uh, how, how explain this to us? What the CGC is?
0: Well, CGC is give me one second here. So I say the company's name right because I always say it r- wrong. It's the uh, certified guarantee company. Uh, okay. What they do is they they. Kind of like Beckett or PSA DNA, DNA, they kind of grade, these guys grade comics. And one of the services they offer is a signature series. And unlike PSA DNA where they'll give you an opinion on something, Mm -hmm. the only way that you can get a yellow label or for the signature series is if they witness the autograph or they witness or you pick up the comic, in this case with the artwork directly with the witness, Directly from the artist, right, right there. And when when I got it back, I had the head of, the head of the CGC is uh, Michael Baylant for the Signature Series program, and he looked at that cover. He asked me one question: he asked me what it cost me because he was thinking it'd be a really expensive one. And I kind of he kind of shook his head and basically told me to go over to Mickey and tell me tell Mickey he needs to charge more. He's going to be delivering on that kind of level the entire time. And then he told me directly that I should probably, I should consider entering this into the, uh, even though it isn't the CGC Best of the Best is a fan-run thing on the boards, it, it helps promote them get later, get more and more sketches in. So he told me I should enter it in that contest based on Nikki's work right there. He thought it was probably the best thing he or, or sketch he saw at the entire uh, amazing Arizona that was last January.
1: Yeah, yeah, that, that again it just seemed like almost yesterday when oh, no, all this went oh, down. Uh, time goes by too fast. So um, I have a couple people who have a question here. Uh, I'll, I'll hold on to that one because that one has to do with your other work. Uh, so, when you, what is the process of you actually putting this into for for an award? What's the process oh,
0: there? Well, processes. You have to the processes. The comic has to be submitted to CGC directly uh, on route to to. It can be before, but it needs to have pretty much be on route to CGC them to grade it, and you could submit it for an award at that time for a certain category, if the category exists, or if a brand new category was done by the winner of the newest category that was done, if it if it qualifies for that. Uh, hmm. Usually, usually, you challenge the you challenge pre. In this case, we challenged the previous winner, and when I challenged it, it got not got enough nominations for people to say, yes, I should take it on. Uh, he actually had to go up, Mickey actually had to go up against another pretty, uh, really good piece. I'm, I'm going to probably get his name wrong. If, correct me if I'm I think it's Chad Haverland. He had to go up yeah, against Chad, piece. Chad Rick. Chad, okay. Yeah, he had to go up with a piece that looked exactly like, uh, I want to say it's a, a Merle... From uh, in color from uh, the Walking Dead that was oh wow easily and, and of course that's that,
1: popular yeah
0: easily on that level uh, easily on Mickey's level it was that good looking it, it, so I mean even just eating that piece is an award in itself
1: that's for sure but also the fact that he was that he was uh of uh, the fact that you know, Walking Dead is such a big thing. Here he was running out not only up against the artist, but again against the popularity of the show.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, if if I had to pick a mascot for music, you know, you look at all the stuff. You know, people want to say, "Why is Iron Maiden still popular?" Well, yeah, their their music is; they're still releasing great music, but they have a mascot that goes along with them. That's one of the most recognizable characters, or characters inside the world.
1: Hmm. And and case, when you put it in, uh, did you have any indication of how well it was doing or uh, was it just, you just had to sit there and wait?
0: You just have to sit there and wait and you basically goes through two rounds. If other people submit stuff up against it that want to challenge the winner of the previous one, they have to mm-hmm. go off against each other. So that's when the that uh, Chadwick one piece he had to go up against that one he beat that one and so he had to go up against another one one on one and he ended up beating a pretty good uh, a very good uh inch zombie piece in itself that was almost looked like a dra- almost looked like a zombie getting ready to bite uh, a victim's neck like a vampire Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: yeah and it you would think it did you have some misgivings about putting it into the that particular uh you know being in the zombie category where you're worried about uh, getting it through that
0: No, because it, it, uh the people that are the people that are fans of maiden iron maiden look at Eddie based on what how the as Steve Harris always says, he always describes him as a zombie like character. So that was the only that was really the only category I could actually enter Mickey's piece in and it's just and it also brings awareness to, to the artist, so it was kind of a thank you for Mickey for doing such a great job on that piece.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's and that's a good point, you know, uh yeah, you know, people who commission or even just, you know, uh, people who love the artwork, uh, putting it out there and, and saying thank you in such a way. What did you think about that, Mickey?
2: I, I was shocked. Uh, like, I didn't even know about the CGC sketch contests or anything like that. Um, I actually was worried about him, like that piece with Eddie being in the zombie category. Like, I also know that you know, he is a zombie type character, but I was worried about more of the traditionalists. You know, going, you know, oh, that's a music character; it's not comic or actually horror related. So I was wondering how it was going to do. Uh, I mean, just getting past that first round of the the fellow uh, contenders for the title, like just getting past the first round and winning that—that that felt great to me. You know, just winning round one. And then round two came up, and I was like, you know, win or lose, I got into the, I got into the, uh, the championship round. So I was already feeling good. And then the fact that we won overall and got the best of title just blew me away.
1: Well, that's again, that's uh, credit to your work there. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you've got a fan and Mike, so you know. He's, extraordinary fan of, of artwork and so you know he he makes sure you guys are are covered. Mm-hmm. He wants to share things. Okay. I'm gonna talk a little bit about uh your other work but first we wanna talk about uh you're gonna be at Leprechaun, which is next week not this weekend. Obviously this weekend we'll talk about this weekend in a minute. But you're gonna yeah. be at Leprechaun uh next weekend over Mother's Day.
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: Tell us how that came to be. I know that we, uh, you're going to be there with your whole group.
2: Yeah, the entire Spiral Ink comic group is going to be down there. Um, this will actually be my first year attending Leprechaun. Uh, I mean, I've known about it for a while. I was just never able to get down there. Um, so I'm pretty anxious to you know, get into a new show. It's a different crowd of people than what I normally see because I don't do a whole lot of uh, shows over there on the east side of the valley. Um, my stuff is a little different than the genre that's going to be portrayed there. I don't really have a lot of fantasy, sci-fi stuff, um, but still really looking forward to it. Um, I mean, I know everybody else in the group's going to have a whole bunch of new stuff, including myself, to show just for Leprechaun. Um, I mean, I'm looking forward to it.
1: yeah we we're looking forward to having your whole group there this we uh we definitely are getting some flyers out for you guys uh to hand out for this Saturday so that way mm-hmm. everyone knows that you're are gonna be at what space you're gonna be at at Leprechaun. so tell us uh uh where you're gonna be at this weekend. It's only like the biggest shopping this is like Christmas for comic book artists. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, I know we're all going to be in different areas, um, my day job work schedule didn't allow me to take the day off, so mm-hmm. I'm actually going to be showing up a little late to the party on Saturday, I'll be going to Jesse James Comics at about 4 p.m., um, I know Rob Hicks and Derek Tipton will be doing the midnight opening here at Jesse James Comics, mm-hmm. so Friday at midnight, uh, and then I believe they're going to be going down to Pop Culture Paradise Sunday or Saturday afternoon, uh, and then after that, I have no clue what's going on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's going to be a crazy day of uh, lots of people running around town. Uh, does, does anybody want to tell me how this Free Comic Book Day started? For those who don't know about it.
2: Oh, I actually, I honestly have no clue how free comic book they started. Myself, <laughs> I,
0: I, I have no clue. <laughs> no clue either.
1: Well, it's, obviously, uh, big, no, the big companies, the big companies started it. Yeah, uh, you got their, your obviously your DC Comics and your Marvel. Uh, big, they big, big guys. And you know uh, every every book industry has their certain times where they put out their you know, put out some work, and uh, this is it for comic books. This time of year, actually May is actually the time of year for the uh, book industry as a whole. Uh, they also the, the, the regular books also come out uh, or used to come out just in May. And uh, for the biggest book show of the year, which was BIA, that's uh, the Book Expo America. So this, for those who are listening, this is a little education. <laughs> Typically, this B the BIA is is held in New York. So it's like a huge, the huge, the biggest, biggest uh, book show you ever saw. Multiple la- levels of vendor rooms. Uh, it's it's crazy. Uh, And I went there in 2009. I I was just like in shock. (laughs) Uh, Books just flying off free. Free free books just in piles. I mean, just, you know, like mountains of books. People were were taking free books home uh, to review and, and, you know, mainly for review. Uh, and it was just just a shock to me. I should have brought, I should have taken an extra suitcase if I would have known, you know. <laughs> but I didn't. I was pretty limited on what I could I should bring back with me. If I would have known that it was like a candy store, I would have definitely <laughs> taken another suitcase. <laughs> but that's it. that's the story of that. it's, it's all you have to do with certain times of year when when things come out and they're trying to you know think the comic book industry as a whole, all you guys who not only put your pen you know, your pen to paper but also for those readers who have been staunch supporters all these years. And of course, you know, Mike Mike Set there is one big staunch supporter. <laughs>
0: yeah, I spend too much
1: <laughs> on comics
0: every on comics every month, just on the ones I read <laughs> you know it gets, it gets it gets pretty expensive uh, fast when you're looking at even with the discount that the for the people with pull boxes get from the stores. it gets pretty expensive fast when you're looking at right around three or four dollars before the discount and sometimes on your issues uh, they'll decide to oh, let's make this one a little larger and put upwards of uh, uh, some of the Batman's on um, just a regular print copy. Some of them are getting up to be ten bucks an issue on on special on special ones.
1: Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? But you know, again, it's it's great artwork, and uh, when the story is good, it makes it even better. So to me, that's that's what makes the difference between a uh, an okay comic. Uh, with a really nice, really great artwork and, and a, an actual comic book that I think was collectible and something in the story. But then again, I'm a storyteller. So.
0: <laughs> so, well, to me, to me, you've got to have... When I first got into comics, it was, to me, I cared about the artwork more than I cared about the story. Well, back then in the 80s, I guess there was, with the exception of a few writers, a lot of them were not... A handful of writers, a lot of them were not very... Good, and then we got kind of spoiled there in the late '90s. Uh, they started coming out with some really good writers writing it, and now that the movies came out, now that the movies are coming out, uh I think Stan Lee says it said it best in an interview question I heard with him. He says, "Well, if you want to become a comic book writer, you either better be the writer of a hot TV show." Mm-hmm. uh He goes for one of the big company, a hot TV show, a okay, have a number one selling New York Times New York Times book, and yeah. right around that level, you know, right around that level. So that's why you get. I mean, I don't know if you read mystery enough. That's why you got like uh, Brad Meltzer writing the comics. Kevin Smith is writing the comics. Uh, you know, you have a lot of other pretty big names writing uh, comics right now who are not just regular. Not just regular. Comic book writers. Oh, uh, Paul Cornell is a good example too. He's the uh, one of the main writers. He writes a lot of books for Doctor Who and other science fiction. So and so that he's he's inside there too. As a guy that writes uh, really good stuff to follow. Hmm.
1: Well, Mickey, we'll just talk a little bit briefly about your uh, other books, your other works there. Uh No Man's Land. Tell me about what that's about.
2: Uh, No Man's Land was actually the first book I started working on when I got into the comic scene. I was only in it for about two months before I got picked up for it. Uh, It was a local published book, uh, and it was a zombie title in a way, uh, but what it did was it followed the zombie story after the apocalypse, I guess you could say, already happened, and what it did was it actually uh, followed a more scientific route of evolution with it to where the zombies were beginning to revert back to a human state. So it was Mm. more of a human apocalypse on a zombie world. Uh, And I did the covers, I did the interior pencils, inks, colors, and lettering uh, all by hand because I don't do computers. Um, (laughs) That book got only to I think like three issues before I had to stop because that was during one of the times where like I just I had to back out because it was just taking way too much money um, and I just didn't have it to dump into a self published book anymore um, then the next book I started working on was the Dead Diva series, which is actually by uh, Bianca Thompson, one of the other local artists here uh, she's yeah I know. for her airbrush work yeah uh, she's got a series that she calls the Dead Divas which are basically a collective group of women who have all come across some traumatic event that has jaded them in a way. Uh, I mean, she's got a whole slew of characters, but she mainly does pinup work. And she wanted to start doing stories for each one of them. Uh, So far, we've done two issues, and I'm currently working on the third. Uh, Each issue follows one of the different divas. Uh, We've done a Poppet from Hell. We've done A Geisha, and currently I am working on uh, The Lady of the Dead from the uh, Mexican standpoint of view. Uh, So that's a fun series to be working on, because each issue is completely different. It's not a sequential storyline, so you don't have to wait for the next issue to get the rest of the story. You can just pick up one issue, and it's a story in itself. Uh, And then with Spiral Ink Comics, we currently have two titles, uh, one being Hoodie Cobra, which is created and drawn by Rob Hicks uh, on the inker on that title. Uh, We've completed four issues, and the fifth issue should be out in time for Phoenix Comic-Con in June. Uh, And then the second Spiral Ink Comics title is Dark Light, which is created and penciled and colored by uh, Derek Tipton. Uh, And I also own the Inker on that title as well. Um, Full-color fantasy type story. Uh, Derek's work's pretty interesting. It's a Japanese-anime-American-style hybrid type of artwork. So it's it's Mm. very different to look at. Um, And his book is one of the rare full-color local titles, uh, which Mm. is why we're on issue two right now.
1: (laughs) yeah. Uh, that's, that's a different press to put that on. That's
2: yeah.
1: Wow. So which which I know this is probably not fair. Which one do you like to work
2: on? Oh, which one do I like?
1: Which <laughs> one do you like to work uh, on?
2: My favorite one to work on uh, would probably be either Hooded Cobra or Darklight because I love inking. I love doing ink work with uh, pens and brush brushes and everything. Uh, I mean. Like, I said, like I'm more known for my pencil portraits and everything, but when it comes to comic style work, I'm not really that strong at it. Uh, I mean, people compliment me and tell me it's good and everything, but I don't. I'm not as comfortable with it as I am with, you know, the inking portion. Uh, so any book I get to just ink, I I just love it.
1: So explain to us on on inking, what. What's the stages of a comic book? I know I'm being, I, I'm showing the ignorance of our our group, but.
0: <laughs> well, um, but, you know,
1: it helps for people know, you know, what the different yeah. stages.
0: Well, I got a question there so, for Mickey on on there too. Oh. So, you you yeah. seen the movie? Uh, what was it? Chasing Amy.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. So you explain it so people don't think that you so people don't think that you're just a uh, in their terms just a tracer (laughs) how they people put it out to people the ink. All right. um,
2: Well, uh, first I'll do the steps to doing the book, and then I'll uh, go more in depth on uh, inking. Uh, Well, first off, when doing a title, obviously you have to have a basic story idea. I mean, you got to have a core of what the story is going to be about. and then there's different writing techniques. Some people like to write out a full story. Some people like to do like plot points. Um, and basically you need to figure out the story run, you know, at least the first arc of five to seven issues, sometimes ten if it's a really complicated story. Um, and then of course there's the full writing process of fleshing out your characters and the environment and et cetera. Uh, and after you've got at least an issue written out. Then you go to the penciling stage, which is pretty self-explanatory. You know, you actually just draw it panel to panel, you know, all the sequential artwork, and then when the pencil artist gets done with that, uh, they'll scan it into the computer and make a copy and then hand it off to the inker. But at that point in time, inks the book. Again, it's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, basically, they the inker will then add a little more depth in shadowing and details. They'll tighten up the lines. Um, they're kind of the the last line for correcting mistakes in terms of proportions, perspective, uh, things like that. Uh, just to let them know the penciler... I mean, it's kind of hard to make the inker sound good without making the pencil artist sound bad. <laughs> uh, I mean, mistakes get made, uh, so the inker kind of fixes those mistakes if they need to be fixed. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if the book will go to color, those pages are scanned in. Uh, Typically, especially nowadays, things are colored digitally. Uh, It's more of a time-saver, cleaner, more consistent. Um, And then after the files are formatted and set up and everything, they're ready to go to print. I know there's a few guys that actually still stick to the fully independent style and print at home and hand staple every book, Uh, whereas us at Spiraling Comics, we don't have that kind of equipment time, and we want to go a little bit further past the Ashcan style book, the mini books, so we actually go through um, a local printing press here, Um, and then get our books, and we're ready to go.
1: <laughs> you had another question, Mike?
0: Oh, well, I do have a, qu- a question. It, could you, uh, for Mickey, is there any chance of, uh, it, like, are people in the industry where you see some that have some bad reps where a lot of people look at them like they're gods, like, is there any chance you could help Ry- uh, Rob Liefeld out with physics? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know if I'm that talented, in all honesty. Uh, it's kinda hard to add a foot where a bush is. Uh
1: <laughs> <laughs> I guess there's some kind of insider uh joke about this.
0: Oh, uh, he gave he's the guy that is, uh, on a on a Captain America number one when they brought him back. He, wrote as probably one of the worst images of the comics all the time. He gave Captain America breasts. It came that far yeah. out from his chest. Yeah, that was, oh. that was pretty bad. <laughs> but it was kind of the style of the, It was kind of the style of the '90s that a lot of artists were do, doing. That kind of went away.
1: <laughs> so what's next for you, Mickey?
2: Uh, That's actually really hard to say, because I don't really make a whole lot of plans when it comes to artwork. I kind of just, I mean, because the scene's changing constantly. I mean, you know, something that was Mm -hmm. popular a year ago is dead in the water now. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. uh, Sometimes, very rarely do I do a piece that is like the hot ticket at the time, because you know, usually by the time I can get it done and out to people, nobody cares anymore. Uh, so I tend to stick with the classics that have just proven to last. Um, a lot of the stuff I do, uh, because I mainly stick with the horror genre, because that's where my interest lies. Mm. Uh, I mainly do stuff from the 40s, 50s, 60s, occasional 70s and 80s style things. Um, but I like doing characters that have already proven themselves. I don't really like to jump in on the fads at the time because I mean, they're just not going to last necessarily. Sometimes they do but not always.
1: Hmm. But you still take uh, a, a you still take a a a, uh, a risk and uh, by getting with you know Hood a Cobra. I mean that's something that's brand new.
2: Yeah. Uh, well the Hood Cobra thing was actually kind of funny because uh, I had met Rob Hicks, I think it was actually not last year, but the year before on Free Comic Book Day. So I've known him for two years now. Um, And he had just started coming out into the Arizona comic scene, and I saw his work, and I really liked it, and he told me that he was working on another book, and he was just looking for an anchor to, you know, solidify the, the texture of the book, so it wasn't just pencils and grays. Um, and I had actually just started getting into inking, so I was just looking for anything to get my hands on, just so I could practice and develop the techniques that I wanted to do. Um, and I just, I actually offered to him at the time that I would just ink his book for free if he'd just give me pages to work on. Um, and yeah, I mean, so far it's worked out well, and it's been two years, and it's gotten four issues out, you know. We're not lightning fast, but that's not too bad for some indie publishers.
1: <laughs> there you go, and to yeah. say that uh, that's there's history, mayday there.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm it was another one to of those. It. It, was a, it was another one of those things where I literally just kind of fell into it. I mean, I was just doing something new and different, wanted to do more of it, and it ended up stemming into something much bigger. So it was a pretty neat little event.
1: Yeah, and and again, it's nice to be around other like-minded artists that are working on a common goal. So what did you think about that, Mike, uh, by the Hood of Cobra?
0: Uh, I actually haven't, I'm so busy with with the with my schooling and with uh all the comics I get already <laughs> I try to stick to I try to stick to the uh to the characters characters I know and really like. And also the other problem was I was actually really into independent comics inside the uh uh nineties, late late nineties and early last decade, but problem is and it's and these would be coming out from say uh, say, from companies like Image or Dark Horse, you get one issue, then you, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be monthly, then you saw it get backed up and backed up and backed up. So you never know when the next issue is coming. So, well, I, I kind of like the, month, the monthly thing that goes around it. But from what I've seen on The, Ho- the Hooded Cobra, the artwork there is really, it's really good on, because uh, I've seen the, I've looked through the comic, I haven't really read it to know the actual story, the artwork there is really good. Kind of,
1: good. I like the
0: I like the colors <laughs> for it. I like the I, you know I like the you know the inks for it. You know he looks like he'd be he looks like he could be a very fun character to read.
1: Do you think that's a good uh, addition to Mickey's um, portfolio?
0: Well, I think anytime you do anything for comics, it's a good addition. I think what's good in this case. What's good in this case with this particular character is is there are you know when I take a look at the characters I like there are mm-hmm. not very it's starting to change some but unfortunately they've lost the legend uh, about a year or two of in Dwayne McDuffy but uh, there's not very ma- many like African American characters that you can follow inside the, the, the comics it's, so he's a very mm-hmm. So that's, it's very good on that level, especially if something like that becomes a hit, because it's one it's one that, a very different story than a lot of the stories you're going to be able to read. Yeah.
1: On there. Looks like we just temporarily lost Mickey there. I'll have to come back in here for a second. Um while we're waiting on him to call back in. Of course, we, we were uh, talking about his what he's got coming up, and then uh, we're going to go over and we're talking to you about specifically about Leprechaun and what we can see there, um, yeah, especially in the dealer's room, and also in the... Oh, there he is. On. Lost you for a few minutes.
2: Yeah, I know. I hit something on my phone. I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We we've seen all that. So, we're talking about uh that you know, you're we're, we're we're forging your your uh your future here. And and see what yeah. happens to you. <laughs> <laughs> so, we yeah, we, we're looking forward to seeing more work from you.
2: Well, so am because I, I never know what's coming
1: next. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good about the you know, creative process. You never know what's gonna fall in your lap, and and you know uh, you do a little something, and before you know it, somebody loves it. And so then you end up, yeah. you know. So that that's a that's a good thing about being creative. So if you're anything that you haven't done that you'd like to try.
2: Uh well, right now my newest endeavor is actually something I've always wanted to do, um, and that's oil painting. Uh oh, okay. I never had the ability to get a stock in canvases and all the required tools to actually do oil painting. I mean the paint itself is not that expensive, but all the other stuff you need to go with it. The it, canvas wraps up pretty hard. quick. Yeah. yeah. Um but I'm finally at a point that I was able to stock up on canvases and gesso and thinner and paintbrushes. And, like, I've just jumped into it. And uh, now I'm just waiting for the time to allow me to go and play with it. Um, <laughs> Isn't yeah, that how that, it that's works? The hard, that's the hardest part. Yeah, it's always the hardest part is the actual you get, you time have the money,
1: and You have the money and then you don't have the time. But you don't, when yeah. you have the time, you don't have the money.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. I, mean, I, I have been able to uh, practice with it a little bit and I'll actually have my very first oil painting available next week actually at Leprechaun I'll be making a debut with my first ever attempted oil painting um, oh, I'm pretty wow. excited about that yeah um, then, that you know, gonna,
1: wanna, is there a specific time but, that you're going to start or or what you're oh no I've, I've already
2: started I, It'll it'll be completed and I'll be displaying it for the first ah. time, like it'll, yeah, it'll be the first public display of a completed
0: oil piece by me.
1: Did um, you know that, Mike?
0: Uh no, no, he's work, What I <laughs> usually what I see um, see from Mickey is I, I'm I'm a. If you want to follow, you know, you don't have to be just a friend with Mickey. You can follow him. You go to his, you know, go to his like Facebook page, put follow on there, and you'll be able to see his updating work. And what I see from Mickey is, uh. He's probably been done with it for about two or three months now. But a recently commissioned piece from uh, Jesse James commissioned them for a Deadpool or Deadpool with Eddie from Iron yeah. Maiden after seeing my thing. Uh, you see a lot of people that uh, commission uh, that uh, commission them for. Uh, he gets a lot of requests for cards, cars in there, and it, when I'm, when you look at those. It's not surprising after hearing him say that he was uh, part of the uh, one uh, Auto Magazine in there one time because that that stuff is uh, fantastic. If you see the work there, I think he was just finishing up a one on a Volkswagen the other. From what I was seeing the other day. Hmm.
1: Yeah, you know, my favorite has always been the Impala, <laughs> and uh, that,
0: that's
1: that's my my. My father, a blood father, actually, had a, a 63 Impala. Ooh,
2: those
1: are nice. Yeah. Yeah, one of my favorite cars. Uh, the other one is obviously a Mustang. I mean, you know, uh, Mustang convertible, yellow with the, with the black stripe. That's just me. <laughs> Which I, I'm not sure if I'd ever actually drive it, but I just like looking at it. <laughs> I think we all love cars. You know, we all, uh, Americans have a love affair for cars. So, uh, yeah, that, I think that's that's it.
2: actually where my, that's actually where my passion is. Like, with the way everybody in this same place. plays. Like, I, I never grew up with comics, so I didn't have that background. So, I don't have the same passion as everybody else does. But, like, with the passion that everyone else has for comics and mm-hmm. science fiction, like, that's how I am about cars. Because, like, that's what I grew up on. Mm. So... We start talking about cars, I'll be talking for days. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Will you ever do commissions for, for, you know, portraits on, or, you know, for for work on uh, cars? Not on the cars out, but a portrait of them.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I take commissions
0: for everything.
2: I mean, I've done family photos, cars and trucks, uh, pets, landscapes, uh just everything. I mean, I don't really, I don't like to limit myself to a certain type of art, you know, either in subject matter or in style. Uh, I like to just broaden out that way I can, you know, sometimes I might be in the mood to draw a car or sometimes I might be in the mood to draw like, you know, a superhero jumping through a wall, you know, so I like to know how to pull off whatever it is that I'm actually in the mood to draw at the time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so many... That's the process
1: and, works, yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I like having variety and choice.
1: <laughs> yeah, and now oil painting. Very cool.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to take that next step out and getting into the test stuff now.
1: That's very cool. We'll have to walk through the uh, dealer's room and talk to you about that when when I see you. Um, yeah. <laughs> anything else you want to ask him, Mike? Obviously, well, uh, we, want to, we want to know how to get yeah. a hold of him, obviously, if anyone wants to do a, a, you know, a job with him.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, easy thing. If you're coming to Leprechaun, you should definitely stop by. Definitely stop by their booth. Take a look through Mickey's portfolio. Take a look through Rob Hicks's portfolio. Uh, they're going to have two other guys uh, with them there. I, I'm bad with bad with names, so forgive me on that that part. But right. take a look through the portfolios there. You'll see a lot of stuff there. I mean, you can definitely, if you want to, you can try to commission Mickey on site. There, you know, bring references, bring photos for him because he's not going to know every character it would be a great thing based on what I see on the work, if you're trying to get a nice family portrait to somebody, you know, mm-hmm. that may be something Mickey might want to you know, might wanna do. You never know well, what that, the artists to want to do do unless yeah. you try to at least show them the stuff.
1: It is Mother's Day weekend by the way, so you know, anybody who's interested in their they the family out or they want to do a special you know, uh, portrait for for the mother uh, go by and talk to Mickey, and uh, get there early. I mean, we are opening the dealer's room. Uh, Mike can help me with this. I think it's noon on on Friday.
0: Uh, the dealer's room opens up at. Give me one second here.
1: <laughs> Put you on the spot. <laughs> uh,
0: dealer's room officially opens up on noon on Friday. It's and it goes till set. It goes till seven p.m. And then it's. Yeah, yeah. See how that it. <laughs> it's, 10 to, it's 10 to 7, and then then on Saturday, and 10 to 4 on Sunday.
1: Now, I'm not sure if the guys are going to be there at all on Thursday, but I know that some some of the dealers are actually getting started with getting their, uh, their uh, dealers' tables ready. So, um, if they happen to be there, it might be a good time to talk to them
0: are we gonna be uh, are we gonna see on the uh, any of the like the sketch off panels mickey I'm sorry what was that are we are we gonna see any of you guys on the uh, sketch off panels mickey uh
2: I know I'll definitely be taking part I still have to talk to uh the other three guys uh I'll actually be talking to them and uh when we're done with the their interview here uh I'll be talking to them to see if they're gonna be taking part in that as well um yeah i i'm I'm definitely gonna be taking part.
0: That's right. See,
1: there's another chance for people to see
0: you. That's yeah. a very kind of fun panel because you at least gets. I could tell you this, we, we're going to have a diverse group of people up there. Uh, uh, Al Sparrow, a local uh, local artist who draws kind of like uh, medieval times, a lot of his stuff is like medieval times, tar- Sunday cartoons, bunnies kind of stuff in there. He's a very funny guy. You know, Jolene Hauser in there who likes doing Victorian style uh, stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, Renee, you, you had an interview with Renee Meredith the last week on there. Uh, she likes she draws on a very nice what I call a golden age style of mm-hmm. yeah. her artwork. And then uh you'll have uh and i d I'm not very familiar with this artist. He came at the recommendation of uh Al Sparrow, so I'm actually very excited. I get to meet another new artist this weekend. Uh Oh, I uh, Timothy, Timothy Fenwick.
1: Ah yes, I've seen some of his work at uh, a couple of the other cons. Um, in September 3rd, we we were over there with. Um, uh, uh, they must have been recommended by our artist guests of honor.
0: Of well, Daniel told me he actually came recommended by Al Sparrow. Ah, okay. I, I'll I'll contact him.
1: That's great. That's great because I've, I've seen Timothy's work in, in other, uh, again, other locations. Kind of a, a fun, whimsical type of artwork that he does. Well,
0: that would be a great time to meet all these artists and one where you can find out all about their careers at the same time throughout random ideals for them to sketch off against each yeah. other so you can see them do their work right there. It's one of the most fun, exciting panels uh, that out there of uh, many panels this weekend.
1: I just I had a I just had a thought. And she had so many different, uh, again, different styles. What if we had a, a canvas or, or some kind of media, and everyone, you know, kind of like the, a little bit like the sword, uh, except maybe doing a drawing of themselves on the, on this particular media. And uh, everyone, you know, obviously their 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 own, and they're in their own style. That'd be kind of cool. Huh? Oh.
0: That'd be that'd be fun. I, would probably have them do, you know, I'd probably let the, you know, I'd probably do it something. else. I'd probably take each artist, put the artist's name in a hat, and hand to each one to see what the other artists come up with oh, each other. Oh, that would
1: be. There you go. That'd be something fun to do with the drink and draw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's it, yeah. And then, of course, it, it, here they would have fun doing that. And uh, then, of course, on Sunday it'd be for show. It uh, doesn't have to be in, the, in charity auction. Just be, you know, again, somebody can, or you know, again, the art, uh, the art gallery is. I think their sale is uh, on Sunday. I think at one o'clock. So that could go up for sale on Sunday after seeing on you know, Saturday night thing. And then, uh, and, and see, you have fun with it, be able to uh, auction it off. Not before we get pictures of it, of course. <laughs> <laughs> we get pictures, and uh, we had the videographer. He's going to be out running around the, on the weekend. So uh never know when some of your work is going to be uh, not only photographs, but also uh, we'll have video footage of some things going on. That's uh, nothing. I'm
0: nervous.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know how good you are with pictures, Mickey. Since you like to uh, like (laughs) the one picture he gave me is of him sticking his tongue out. (laughs) I said, I said, give me a picture of you doing uh, some of your work, and he gives me one of him sticking his tongue out. I was to show you kind of attitude. <laughs> yeah, you were working. Like, don't bother me. <laughs> Goes to show you kind of a quirky attitude that he's got, and, and and fun, the fun attitude he has. So
0: uh, we're well, definitely
1: looking forward to having having him. <laughs>
0: yeah, all those so artists I mean, have such a fun and quirky attitude. It's like putting together. Uh, <laughs> it's, like a, it's like if I was to cast the movie for uh, the new police academy, I could probably take all these artists and have them be <laughs> a police academy squad.
1: <laughs> Wouldn't that be crazy? <laughs> 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 yeah, I could see it. You know, uh, you know, some of them are are, are real uh, a deadpan, you know, <laughs> and some of them just outright just funny. It's great to have the whole group around uh, and you know who couldn't be like that Daniel is like your your head you know uh i mean you know he he's a crazy man all by himself daniel davis from uh from Crow versus our artist guest of honor so well, I think um, it
0: has to be to be in this in- it has to be somewhat okay. crazy and kind have of funny attitude to, to want to do this be in this industry.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, either that or just so passionate, you can't stand it. You know, you can't stand not to be drawing. Is that how you are, Mickey? It's just like, you know, a pen in your hand is just like a comfort thing. It's like smoking.
2: It, it really is, yeah. I mean, <laughs> every now and then, though, I do need that break or I, I start to... Cramp not up. ...take care of my day-to-day life. I kind of slip into the uh-huh. paper a little too much, so... Oh but yeah if i go if I go a day or two without drawing, it really starts to eat at me.
1: Mm. I know some authors like that too, so that's uh again something you work on every day, yeah, now, how would they get a hold of you if they want to want to do commission your piece other than leprechaun now, this weekend obviously um, if, if they see you
2: yeah yeah I mean in person's always great, and I like to meet the person It's a lot easier to talk face-to-face and sort out details and get more of a feeling of what they want um, for their piece. Um, if that's not possible, because it's not always possible, um, uh, the best way to actually get a hold of me is Facebook. Uh, you can either find my personal profile, Mickey Cheney, easy to find. I think there's only two of us on there. Um, and then... You can also go to my actual art fan page. Uh, it's the Art of Spooky, uh, <laughs> and literally everything I've ever drawn since I've been in the scene is on there. So you can actually even see the progression of what I've worked on over the last three years. Um, but yeah, the now easiest way to get me is Facebook. This, this
1: leads to the one question that you know that I forgot here. I I forgot to ask, and I know I was going to ask you. So what's up with spooky kid?
2: Okay, this is actually another fun story. Um, growing up, I grew up in a small town of about 500
0: people—not
2: mm-hmm. a lot of people—and um, <laughs> I've always <No>. been—I've <laughs> always been more interested in everything horror-based, the darker side of things. You know, I loved my wow. horror movies. I liked my shock rock music, uh, and I grew up in a town that everybody. Liked country and pop and you know the whole hunky dory thing. Uh, so I was actually referred to as the spooky kid growing up because I was just the one that was a little <laughs> off. Uh, so when yeah, so when I started up my my automotive art, uh, I actually went under the I went under uh, the name Spooky Kid Designs, um, and then I just carried that over into the comic industry and. I was just known as the Spooky Kid, you know, because I ran under Spooky Kid design, so I just started getting called Spooky Kid, and, yeah, it just kept going.
1: <laughs> well, I like that. I like that, because uh, it's a Spooky Kid. That's something you can grab a hold of.
2: Yeah. 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 A lot of people, I didn't think Mickey was that hard to remember, but you know, a lot of people are worse with names than I am, but they remember <laughs> Spooky, so.
1: <laughs> well, it is unusual. go <laughs> So uh, you have a you, know, you have a website and uh, you're on fa- Facebook. Where are you at there? What was that? On Facebook. How did they get all of you there?
2: Oh, you can just send me a, like I my profile's open. You can send me a message. You know you don't have to add me as a friend if you don't want to, but I'll accept you if you do. Um, you know just. You can either leave a comment on the page, and I'll get back to that, or you can actually send me a private message. Um, And then from that point, if you actually would like to meet up in person, I'll let you know my availability on meeting up, and then uh, we'll go from there. Um, One thing that I also would like to say to let everybody know, because I've come across this problem many times in the past. is like people are almost scared to tell you exactly what they want, Mm-hmm. I like to be told exactly what you want. It makes it a lot easier for me to give you your money's worth the first shot instead of you know back and forth fixing things. I mean, if you know exactly what you want, don't be scared to go over the top in details with exactly what you are looking for. I
1: agree with you. Having been a graphic designer for many years, it's like, well, that was yeah. your wonder. Why didn't you say that to begin with? <laughs> Yeah. Like <laughs> why do we I mean, waste our people, time?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean people just get nervous. I like I know that they a lot of people feel like they're getting pushy or too demanding. That's not true. I mean if you're getting too pushy or demanding, I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so yep, there.
0: I met Mickey Mickey through Fa- Facebook is what I used. I mean, that's why I used them the other day for the like the newest commission I have them working on me for uh for the upcoming uh, the con the, the month after for Phoenix comic con that's i mm-hmm. I'm, i I so still love Julie Newmar so much on there that I gave him about three different images to look at to see which one would probably work best with his style. He told me which one he would like to do off those images, so he's gonna do that on a sketch cover for me that someone down with that I can actually take up pretend to have Julie Newmar sign it there at the con
1: there you go. So that's that's how it works, guys. It's uh, you know these people are available. Don't don't be shy. You want them to do something, differently. let them know. And I'm uh, sure they they you know based on the work they they tell you how much it's going to cost, right? So how it works?
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I always as soon as I figure out the details of what the person wants, I give an immediate quote on the spot. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: You know, I'm also constantly told that my work is underpriced, um, but, you know, I'm, I know the reality of economics. I know everybody's not a millionaire, and I'm not trying to be a millionaire with this. You know, if, you know the compliment I get your name of out somebody there. And, Well, that, and it, it's, just, it's a major compliment just having somebody come up and actually request something of yours, you know, even if it's their idea, the fact that they want you to do it for them I and mean, that just makes me feel great. I mean, basically, the prices I give pretty much just cover my costs just so I can get it done and keep it going. Um, you know, I yeah,
1: definitely. <laughs> yeah, I know well, how that it is.
0: Biggest, I was going to say, it's the biggest thing in the industry I've learned is uh, sometimes uh, probably spending... You know, if, if a guy gives you a really high quote, the quote, doesn't mean you're going to get the best sketch in the world off that. Sometimes the cheaper uh, the cheaper sketches, you know, when you go to shows, uh, anywhere between 100, 200 dollars is better than say some of these other guys that are that are charging just to keep their workload down. Some of them are charging over thousand dollars a sketch, and you know the quality wow. that you get is just it's just a few pencils. Or a few pencils with inks, and, you know, nothing more than that.
1: Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes you're paying for the name.
2: Yeah, that's the sad thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that is how, again, any industry is, you know. Uh, some oh, yeah. books that are out there I don't I don't particularly care for. Uh, in a series, you know, they 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 go overboard after they get well known and they think that uh they can charge for their autograph. What's up with that? You know?
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the only time I tell people I'm charging for an autograph is when they're like really nervous and I do it to break the ice.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Then they look at you like, What?
2: Oh, yeah, because they will come in and get a print and I'm like, Oh, do you want that autograph? And they're like, Yeah. I was like, Okay, it'll be fifty dollars and it scares them and I just start laughing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that, that's one who, that's one way to do it. <laughs> it.
0: Depends on who it depends on who the artist or the writer is. I mean if they're a well enough known name and you know, people Yeah, may, they
1: would be charging fifty.
0: Well <laughs> people may scoff at the prices uh Stan Lee charges uh he may be up to eighty bucks now, I don't I don't know. But I should point out that Stan Lee doesn't take in a penny after all his promoters get their stuff and everything. He doesn't take in a penny. He donates all that money to charity. And some of these other artists are doing the exact same thing. They're donating it to the the money they ask for is actually going into like the Heroes Foundation uh, to take care of other artists who no longer who don't have the money who are really good artists and are just on hard times.
1: Yeah. Well, Dee, that's the thing about community. You know, uh, helping each other when, when they're down. Uh, you know, uh, like you guys are doing with Spiral Ink, you know, one person is stronger another, than another in something. Uh, you saw something in, in his work and wanted to be part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all about community, helping each other, uh Working, working together on common goals. Uh, Stanley understands that better than most people, and of course that's one reason why he's not only loved so much, but also the fact that the reason the industry is exploded. You know, if you're going to be greedy, then your industry doesn't explode. If you can, you're, uh and that's just again one reason why it has. We're got the big screen people you know all the all these great shows, all these great movies and uh that that doesn't happen by accident
0: well people wouldn't believe what people wouldn't believe what movies are based off of when uh, yeah. when you see when you, when you see some of them you could be watching a you'd be surprised if i told you that some of these like some of these drama programs that you're watching are actually from uh, from a uh, from a like an independent comic.
2: Yeah.
0: Wow. And yeah. Oh, that'd so be kind of cool.
1: the hood hood of Cobra to be uh, an animated series. That'd be fun. Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: It has to be on late night though, due to its adult content.
1: Oh well, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about in swim or something, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah,
2: it, it would probably do very well on Adult Swim. Yeah. Netflix
0: exclusive.
1: There you go. Well, that's all I've got to ask him. And uh, I'm going to ask uh, Nick, Mickey the, the one question I asked, him, because I think it would be kind of fun to see what he answers. Uh, now that you have successfully slain the dragon, how will you celebrate?
2: Uh, I don't know. First thing
1: first thing first thing that comes to your mind.
2: Uh I don't know, I don't normally celebrate, I usually just go back to work.
1: Ah. <laughs> Isn't that interesting?
2: I'm too busy for celebration. Like as soon as I like get something done I go like, Yeah and then I go back to the next thing.
1: There you go. So now we know more about Vicky than we know knew before. See, it just shows your personality, and 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 yeah, you're a workaholic apparently.
2: I really am. I I really am a workaholic. I can admit that.
1: <laughs> See, that's one reason. I, that that good question is interesting. I, I got asked by uh, on a blog once that question. I thought that is just quirky, and I love it. So I um, think again, it's it's subjective. It's no, there's no right or wrong answer, yeah. and everybody shows their personality by the answer. <laughs> so that's one reason I use it. Uh, hang on, Mike. I want to I want to talk specifically about uh, Leprechaun. But thanks, Mickey, for coming on and talking to us today.
2: Oh, thank you for having me. It was it was a lot of fun.
1: Now we say goodbye to Mickey.
0: Hey Mike. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> Patty.
1: So, uh, tell us about who else we're gonna see out at Leprechaun. I'll I have people who I have people who say don't know what's going on and you know what? I'm going like, gosh sakes, I have been on this radio show for like weeks now talking to uh leprechaun uh guests and guests of honors and uh artists and, and they don't have a clue what's going on. Come on. So tell us what we're going to see <laughs> in dealers' room.
0: Well, we have a sold-out dealers' room this year. Uh, we have uh, we have some new vendors in there. Uh, I and
1: say some, you know, sold out twice.
0: Oh yeah, we basically sold, sold out, twice. and then we had a, had a couple of people buy uh, tables. They accidentally buy tables, and it was just a question. Just a question: Do we have room to expand? And so we kept it. We allowed the Small expansion in there, so we could accommodate those people and we have some very interesting guests in there this year, you know, I'm just going through the list right now. Uh, we have some newbies in there uh uh my fairy tale, which looks like they make uh, like costume jewelry, uh, other fun stuff more and some of it like in anime style, some of it all kind of around uh, we got, uh one thing that looks really interesting to me. I, I, just from the pictures, I really want to see what they look like up front is these little, like, scary little dolls made out of, looks like, sewing, uh, ma- sewing material and stuff called Threat Punk Studios on wood. It just, they look, it looks crazy. They look really cool. cool if you have, I mean, you've seen those pictures, haven't you, Patty?
1: Uh, I think so, if, uh, if they're the ones look, I'm thinking.
0: Yeah. You know, then you got you got some other uh, regular people that you see at the steampunk area, like Dark Goddess. Oh, yes yeah. uh, Create uh, cre- I think it's, it's certain create creators, but I think it's creations. Uh, they make a lot of clothing. Uh, uh, a lot of people a lot uh, a lot of people like their style of the their corsets that they make uh, and stuff. Uh, you got Alice Barrow mm-hmm. from Studio Fagazi. A uh, very funny guy. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you're looking to, for a good laugh, stop by stop by his table. He'll get you, he'll get you a laugh. Uh, we'll have the guest of honor in there, uh, Krista Crawford, who uh, I'm not too familiar with the her stuff. So you might be able to help me out there, Patty.
1: Well, she does her artwork is mostly uh, costume related. She does the actual graphic design on the costumes and and prints them. So okay. in other words, she works with fabric art.
0: Okay, so Makes that's sure. kind of that's like...
1: a different that's a different media than we've ever really had.
0: Oh yeah, we got a whole bunch of great, great new dealers and new styles in there. Then we've got uh, uh, local artists, uh, Jolene Hauser of Vi- uh, Vivica Studios. Uh, she uh, nice thing about hers, I worked with her uh, quite a few times. Um. For helping me out with uh, comms, like she helped me out with Coppercom last year with the website uh, designs and the logos and stuff. Uh, this year she helped us out by donating, donating the design for the charity, uh, leprechaun charity auction sword, and that's just yeah. as, just as my and just as my thanks to her for all the stuff that she's done for me, I I, I supported her this time by bringing her. And you know, I cover the table to help you know for that. Just as a special thanks for a helping us, helping me out quite a few times, and helping the local cons out quite a few times with their artwork to help us, to help us promote it.
1: Well, that's you know, goes around comes around thing. You know, she she helps the the groups, and and you know, she gets help in return. That's uh, that's a great way to to build the community.
0: Uh, you know some of the other stuff in there. Uh, uh, stripes. Uh, they got exotic crafts, jewelry, leather. Uh, uh, looking at their card, it, it, looking at the business card they send, it, you know, looks like it's bondage <laughs> stuff on the business card <laughs> with zebras. Z but uh, you know, you got some other new talent in there. I'm not very familiar with the uh, Jason Anthony Cazares of the Demos. Saga Terror. Uh, yes, a, you also have some nice people coming back this year. Uh Mark Greenwald's always fun. Uh he's supposed to be in there uh the, with his artwork. Uh I know he's gonna be doing a concert, I think a free concert that Thursday <laughs> night at the con.
1: Yeah, this is crazy. This is crazy. I, I was uh working with uh, you know, my group that's uh a new show music show that we have on Wad and uh, the Hate Girls and one of the Hate Girls is Carol uh, Pace- Pacey from I know she's going to shoot me if I get this wrong <laughs> Carol Pacey and the Honey Shakers and uh, she said well you know why don't we have another group as to, you know she's going to do the radio show part and uh, we'll have another group uh, come in and do the do the concert I said, oh, okay, so she suggested uh, Squid Dog. Well, I didn't know who Squid Dog was. You know, this is not my my scene. And uh, I listened to music. I said, oh, know, yeah, I really like it. I really like it. And I uh, got onto their website, and who do I see up on the stage, you know, uh, in one of the pictures is Mark Greenwald behind the keyboards. And I said, well, I won't say what exactly what I said, but
0: I said, oh, my God.'" Robert's jeans on from the 80s.
1: Well, I just couldn't believe that, you know, uh, he was in Squid Dog. And I said, Oh well, you know, there you go. We have to do it now, you know? Because I know happen to know that Mike Greenwald has asked me I think it was Lepicon thirty eight when I was doing the programming. Uh, he said, Hey, you know, I, I also play I've also play the piano and I'm looking at him like, What? You know, this guy does body painting, he does he does uh artwork. I you know what create, He does lighting, as a, as, you know, that's his real business. Uh, well, not business, but, you know, he, that's what he gets paid <laughs> to do on a regular basis is lighting for different events. And yet, in, in photography, and here he is actually on the keyboard too. I mean, is there anything this guy cannot do is what my question was. And then, uh, and, but it, never, it didn't happen because, you know, it's like, okay, what do we do about the keyboard, yada, yada. Uh, I won't say anything about the certain, uh, chair who didn't want him to do it. Um, so it, it fell through. Well, then about 39, uh, we, you know, got all about it and said that didn't happen. Um, uh, had awesome body painting, uh, displayed by, by him as usual. And, uh, and then of course just, just fell in the lap. And so I'm just of like, well, it has to happen now because, you know, Mike Greenwald is so in tune with the, uh, with the fan scene, I mean, he's been in all the different cons,
0: well, so it's perfect. Well, yeah, well, Mark Greenwald's probably uh, when I, I have to pick an artist around the area that's really, you know, he's in with the young crowd, mm-hmm. he's in with the he's in with the older crowd, he's all around doing all these different kind of things. He'd have he does, all these cos- he's on
1: movie he sets, have- for goodness sakes. You know, I mean, it's kind I of mean,
0: he has all these cos these big name cosplayers contacting mm-hmm. him, contacting him just so he can they can do a photo with him doing them as a like a superhero character. And then his his artwork actually ends up on you I mean know, he's been to France. I mean he does title. he does
1: commercials. Does commercial work for uh for companies in France. So you know he's and then he does a movie uh he's on a movie set or you know uh, video set with a lot of different uh, independent movies
0: um well, for I instance heard Nathan rumors that they try to get they try to get him to do face off of last yes, year i think
1: yes he, he was really debating on that i had talked to him personally about that and uh he just didn't feel that certain i mean he said he said some areas he's very you know had no problem with but some of the things that they were they, they require of the individuals, uh, he just he knew he wasn't he wasn't ready. So, you know, uh that takes a lot of and at the time I, I think he was in the middle of jobs. So, uh, you know, it's like that yeah, had to obviously he had to be uh playing on his mind too. Uh, since then he's gotten another job, so that's that's good. And he just—he's—he's he's so out there doing different things. Nathan Blockwell utilized him for uh, for his uh, Voyage Trekkers show as his, his, uh, his series, and they went to uh, an award ceremony for that. So yeah, it's, yeah he met um, Nathan at Lepicon Thirty Eight. So see how the community works.
0: Oh yeah, it's it's a great community out there. I mean, I'm, I'll be the first guy to tell you, I, I've lived in many different cities across the nation, and this artist this artist community looks out for each other. They help each other out more so than I've seen any other place across this across this across the nation.
2: Mm-hmm. It's a
0: community. They stick together. They fight for each other. When something goes wrong, they they try to make sh- they all try to help each, each that one person out to get them. That you know, if, some, if someone's arts being sold, they try to help that person out. If someone if they need a hand or a question on something, you know, they'll, they'll give their opinion, they'll help each other. out. You know, and they're willing to work with everybody here. It's just, yeah. I think that's why we have. And if you see, if you go into all these comic shops, because this art community here. I think that's why these all these comic shops are successful. You know, oh yeah, definitely, is,
1: definitely. It takes takes everybody to really build the community. Uh, tell us about who else we got coming up, because we got three more three more minutes for the show. Because I want to see oh, hear about okay. the other people in your dealers room.
0: Okay, well, we yeah, got covered. Another thing outside that, so we got. Uh, I know okay, we had Michael D'Ambrosio there. Yeah. Inside there, we have some this new right authors. I, I'm not. Very familiar with the uh, authors. You know, authors are, or authors are I'm, they're not. I'm not very familiar with or with a lot of science fiction authors unless they're young teen authors. So we have. I know Jacinda Buckman's going to be in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vincent Allega, who sounds pretty funny by his website. Sounds like he'd be a good guy to meet at but a good guy to meet at the con for for a writer. Uh, we've got some favorites in there like. October Arts is going to be back in there again.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, Jeans Gene's Uh to make everybody happy uh, to make everybody happy out there. I know we had uh, when they left last year, uh, or they weren't there last year. We had some people that really wanted them there. Uh, Masoglia Books is going to be back inside the dealer's room. Uh, they're they're pretty popular with a lot of the congoers. goers. Uh, I do know that. Uh, we're gonna have some pretty good other some other good people in there, uh groups that are just gonna be in there possibly doing some exhibitions and stuff like the Arizona Avengers and the Arizona Steampunk Society.
1: Well of course the Arizona Steampunk Society is there for, for our art author guest of honor, which is Gail Carriger. Yeah.
0: And I do and I should before I forget it, uh Steam Crow. Steam Crow has his own table inside the dealer's room. Our, you know, oh, our own guests are and so's our own. person. course. I mean, the only person who might not be in there is, uh, with the exception of autograph times, is Gail Carriger. And then I know that you're running uh, what, AZ Publishing Services. You're supposed to have a large amount of
1: authors wow, coming have to your amount. table, aren't you? Well, yeah. We've got uh, some new some new ones. Uh, we have got eight brand new book launches uh, for this particular con. Uh, which is scary busy right now for me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so know, you, we, got you know, to... guys got to take a look at the website at uh, leprecon.org slash LEP40. That's L-E-P-40. Uh, we've got a lot of, again, you go to the dealer's room and find out about all these, these great people who are going to be there uh, in the dealer's room. And, of course, all the other fun stuff we got going on. Charity auction. Uh, we've talked about that before already, uh, but you—you yep. got lots of great stuff.
0: Well, we got one other event coming up before I for, forget. Actually, coming up this weekend that uh, we're, that we're doing part of that uh that oh free comic day.
1: Oh my That's
0: free That's why I wanted. That free comic day. Uh, I know. Uh, Paul and Mandy are going to be at the uh,
1: Samurai, uh, Samurai Comic
0: show. on Camelback. I think on Camelback.
1: Yep. Yeah, we're going to
0: be there, and I know we're going to be doing a pre-party with Pop Culture Paradise over at yeah. uh, the uh, Tempe Tempe location for a uh, Batman screen that we're going to be doing later that night with the uh, conjunction with uh, Victor Moreno and uh, Cult Classics on yes. a Free, free Comic Book Day. So I mean, you it's can crazy. come down. Come down, you can <laughs> meet Patty and me there uh, at uh, Pop Culture. You can meet some of our other guys at uh, Samurai Comics on CalVac. And uh, Victor himself is supposed to be at uh, Gotham Comics that day. So if you want in to Mesa. meet uh, uh, in Mesa, you can meet there.
1: And we're going to have a free comic book for everybody at the, uh, as far as I know, everybody, um, at the... Uh, at the movie. So, yep. you know, get there special early so you get your uh, got the comics.
0: Say special thanks to uh Miguel Vega of uh, Gotham Comics for setting that up for everybody right there. Uh, he's going to be uh, it's it's reason it's the very reason why we have those comics free for everybody. And looks like I we ran out of
1: it out. looks like we ran out of time. So, okay. uh awesome. Thanks so much, Mike.
0: Yep, thank you.
1: We are off there.